do we believe what we believe we believe? Why do I believe Jesus Christ to be the way, the truth, and the life? You want to be a Christian. You want to live the Christian life. But you've never learned how to live the Christian life. That a ton of them, hundreds of them, literally had grown up in church and had never heard the actual gospel. They had heard what I would call moralistic, therapeutic deism. You're listening to Telios Talk, a podcast on being complete in Christ, hosted by Buzzsprout. The doctrine of justification has been referred to as the cornerstone of Christianity. In this episode of Telios Talk, we are completing our three-part series on the doctrine of redemption. Today's episode is the topic of justification. Romans 3 talks about the idea of justification but there are many references to it, both in Old Testament and New Testament writings. We are justified by faith, but is there a place in the doctrine of justification for works? Please stay with us as we discuss this and many other questions. Hello and welcome to Tellius Talk. My name is Wendell Martins. And I'm Alistair Murphy. And together... I was going to say, together we are Wild Stallion, but that's, oh my. that's Bill and Ted. Well, looking as rough and tumble as always with that great big beard of yours, you are mm-hmm. back from school. Yes. You're ready to dazzle us with your brilliance, are you? Absolutely. All right. <laughs> Grab your shades. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, so let's do this. Glad okay. to be back. Good to be back, by the way. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're back, and you're back just in time for us to finish our series on the Doctrine of Redemption. Today, we're talking about justification. Mm -hmm. Justification by faith has been called the apex of all Christian teaching, the central and cardinal truth of Christianity. So how do we define justification, and what exactly are we talking about? Well, so if uh, if you go for the simple answer that's in the dictionary... Uh, justification means the action of showing something to be right or reasonable. Uh, so justification of a revolutionary action. This person was justified in doing this. Uh, mm-hmm. Theologically, the action of declaring or making righteous in the sight of God. So theologically, justification means it's the action of declaring or making righteous, something righteous, someone righteous in the sight of God. So when we mm-hmm. talk about like justification... Uh, a lot of people, well, mean a lot of people, but people would maybe remember the verse from Romans chapter 3, where Paul writes, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over the former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, and Martin Luther, like coming off of the uh, episode last month talking about the Reformation, Martin Luther claimed... 
That was a good episode, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I enjoyed that one. It was better he, Martin, me. pardon? Better without me. <laughs> oh, no, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Uh, Martin Luther claimed that these verses, the ones that you just read, were the chief point in the very central place of the epistle and actually of the whole Bible. That was his quote. It was the center of the whole Bible. Romans 4, verse 5 says, And to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. Then we move ahead a little bit to John Wesley, the preacher. He said this about the doctrine of justification. How a sinner may be justified before God, the Lord and judge of all, is a question of no common importance to every child of man. It contains the foundation of all of our hope. The foundation of all our hope. So this doctrine of justification is kind of a big deal, to steal a phrase. There have been a lot of issues in the church where we've divided over things. And one of these things, which has spanned a great part of church history, is this doctrine of justification. Or how is someone saved from sin and death through death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Hmm. Okay. Uh, but you know what? Uh, we should note that... Um, both there are divisions like you said um yeah and it's it, you know this is a, an issue or a doctrine that's divided the church for a long time um in the roman catholic church in the eastern orthodox church they reject the the protestant doctrine of justification through faith alone mm -hmm. uh, the catholic and orthodox churches believe that salvation is, is a process it's an ongoing process uh within roman catholicism salvation begins with baptism uh and you know, normally when someone is an infant by the pouring or sprinkling of water on their head. So that's where salvation begins. And it continues by the individual cooperating with grace through faith and through good works, doing good things, and mm -hmm. also receiving the sacraments uh, regularly um, of the church. So sacraments would include confirmation, ongoing confession, uh, doing penance for sins, and taking um, partaking of the Holy Eucharist or communion uh, every once a week at Mass. Yeah. Um, and then there's two parts to salvation within Roman Catholicism, because I think it's really important that we try and kind of like uh, differentiate, because it is mm -hmm. very confusing. So uh, in Roman Catholicism, um, initial justification or being justified by God, which is by faith alone and is not dependent on any works, um, however, it does require baptism. So without baptism, no justification. Um, okay. that's, a, that's initial justification. And then your final justification um, is based on the acts of fruitfulness that you have earned or that has earned you the salvation. Um, so by going through all the sacraments and doing the things that you need to do, that's how salvation is maintained or that's how you achieve it in its finality. So, yeah. and it's the second teaching of this whole idea of justification or salvation being uh, an ongoing process of what you do uh, that causes a lot of controversy between the Catholic church and other Protestant churches. Um, yeah. And, you know, if people are really interested, uh, you can read um, all about this in the Council of Trent, the Roman Catholic Council of Trent. Um, Eastern Orthodox churches believe that salvation comes when a person conforms 
his will and actions with those of God. Uh, okay. The ultimate goal is to achieve theosis or conformity or union with God, as it is described. Um, and then there's this um, Eastern Orthodox uh, theologian by the name of, uh, I'm going to get it wrong, Athanasius. Athanasius. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, he said, God became man so that man could become God. So within this Eastern Orthodox uh, belief, salvation it comes when we we conform ourselves to God and not the other way around. I don't know. I hope that makes sense. But there is a difference between, you know, we do have to note the difference between Catholicism and Eastern Orthodoxy and the major uh, view within the Protestant uh, camps. Sure. Maybe you maybe you can jump on to that because that'll take you back to last week's episode or last month's episode. <laughs> Well, I know just listening to what you said there about the Catholic Church, that it seems merit-based. You know, like the first, yeah. the initial is you're you're baptized, you're in, but the um, the final justification seems to be merit-based, and um, yeah. I think that's where we see some of the issues when it comes to Protestantism. Yeah, uh, it's, it's when you say merit-based, to be clear, it's about what you as an individual do not what god does for you it's what you do exactly. for god and, and that's where yeah. it's backwards anyway continue yeah <laughs> so after the reformation uh the view of justification split the protestant church into two significant camps we had the the calvinists we had the arminians there were other schools of thought but they didn't come out um quite as strongly as these two so calvin he taught that people are not on their own able to fully repent of their sin or prepare themselves to repent because of their sinfulness. Mm -hmm. And therefore, justification is held to arise solely from God's free and gracious act. Jesus's death satisfies God's justice. The penalty for the sins of the elect is paid in full through the crucifixion of Christ. And thus, God's death, Christ's death, atones for the sins of all but it requires faith to be effective yeah on the other hand in arminianism justification is either purely the imputation of righteousness through mercy or that man is justified before god according to the rigor of justice without any forgiveness um just sort of a way of describing it as an act that you would see a judge making in a courtroom so it's um very law-based sort of idea. Jacobus Arminius allowed for only two possible ways in which the sinner might be justified by our absolute and perfect adherence to the law, which is impossible, yeah. or purely by God's imputation of Christ's righteousness. Okay. Um, okay, so <laughs> this is where I get like, you know, uh, kind of confused with the whole Calvinist Arminian type of thing. Um, yeah, and I know those terms. We've talked about them before, but so they're both Protestant sects, as you would say, right? Or yeah. schools of thought. They mm. both sound really familiar, or they sound very similar. So, what, why is there a disagreement if they're both agreeing on the same thing? They disagree on justification. Well, I think Calvinists will accuse the Arminians of viewing justification as an act outside of the will of God. So Calvinists claim that Armenians do not and cannot will themselves to be saved. Okay, so, you, so right? that sounds, sorry, that sounds similar to the, 
to the Catholics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Continue. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, according to the Calvinist view, salvation is solely a mysterious act of God. So then the question comes back to, and it's kind of what you were leading: Are we justified before God by faith, as by a hand or an instrument embracing the righteousness of Christ, or are we justified as by a work? and a conditional act by which the human being is justified before God. So then, I guess, hopefully, by the end of this podcast, we've taken all this gray area and thrown it against a wall, and we have a question that is answered, you know? Um, because this is such an important topic, and because we have different views of it, it's important for us to try to flesh that out and come to something is a little bit more manageable. I I'm not sure we're going to understand it completely yeah. uh the mysteries of god seldom are completely understandable by man but you know we're going to do our best right yeah because i mean it has it has caused confusion for a lot of people myself included um, so let's start with this so let's go back to the word justification so justification if we look at it in a legal term is a pardon right yeah. It's a pardon, and it's God, God. It's God's eternal acceptance of the sinner. So mm -hmm. use the word imputes, uh, which means to uh, ascribe. So God imputes His righteousness um, that the sinner accepts by faith. So in other words, God ascribes righteousness. He gives righteousness to us by virtue of His own righteousness. Yeah. And when we accept, or when we exercise faith. In Jesus Christ. In other words, when we say, I know Jesus has died for my sins, and that act of faith, through that act of faith, sorry, it's his righteousness that is through Jesus' righteousness that the sinner is redeemed. So you, we could say that faith is a condition of justification. That whole division between Arminianism and Calvinism, right? There is a, a certain element of what the person has to do. Faith is a condition of, of justification. Mm -hmm. um, and we've talked about faith. You know, faith involves placing absolute trust in Jesus Christ in order to receive that justification and eternal life. Um, and yet, faith, although not the, the sole cause for the Spirit uniting the sinner to Christ, um, faith is one of the sole instruments um, on man's part of justification. Does that make sense? In justification, we want to look at what exactly is the significance of the phrase by faith, you know, by faith, by faith. So Christians have always been aware of, of pitfall, pitfalls at this point. Um, justifying faith is not faith in your own ability okay. neither is faith or neither is justifying faith faith uh in a church by going to church justifying faith isn't about being part of a certain religious organization it's not about following a certain system of theology or knowing a certain set of facts mm -hmm. saving faith it is while saving faith is an act of human intellect and will so we have to put our faith in jesus mm -hmm. it's way more it's way more than just intellectual accepting of the fact that god exists and that yeah. christ died on the cross saving faith is believing in the gospel the good news and relying 
not on what we do, but on what Christ did on the cross and receiving God's declaration of you are now righteous because of your faith in the work of my son. Um, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, um, and catechisms aren't used very much these days, but it would be kind of nice if they were. The Westminster Shorter Catechism says that justification is an act of God's free grace, wherein he pardons all our sins and accepts us as righteous in his sight, only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. Yeah. Faith, you don't have it of yourself. Faith is a gift from God. So mm -hmm. we have faith, but that faith has to be given to us by God. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So then how does justification fit into this doctrine of redemption along with faith and repentance? We've been talking about this over the last few months. Um, justification is the act of God where the sinner who is responsible for his guilt and is under condemnation, but believes in Christ, is pronounced just and righteous, acquitted, or found not guilty by God, who is the judge. Mm. So then I guess I have another question. How can you be held responsible for the guilt of your sin if you didn't first choose to sin? Well, logically, you can't, because we all sin. So we all willfully choose to disobey God and do that which mm -hmm. separates us from God. So what, was your, hey. what, what would you say as an answer? So in the same vein, we choose to believe. We choose to act in a way which is contrary to our carnal desires because God works in us to change us. Right. So I'm, I'm led to think about um, the thief on the cross. So when Jesus was being crucified, he was on the cross and there were two men, one on either side. This, this thief on the cross was never baptized, right? Yeah. He never took communion. He never prayed the sinner's prayer. He never read a word of scripture for, as far as we know. Yeah. Um, but the Holy Spirit worked in him. And he said to Jesus while they're on the cross, we indeed are suffering justly, right? So he accepted the fact that he was being punished for what he had done, and it was just. Um, we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. So he said, look, I, I built this cross myself through my own deeds, through my own works, through my own merit, as it were. Yeah. Um, and then he says about Jesus, this man has done nothing wrong. And then he turned to Jesus. He said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's, that's the whole of what we are told in scripture. Yeah. And the reply that Jesus has is, truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Okay, or in in old English, you shall be with me in paradise. Uh, this is, I think, this is a perfect example of justification in the New Testament, and perhaps the crowning example of the teaching of justification by faith is in the Old Testament. It's the believing patriarch Abraham, mm -hmm. and it states in Genesis, Genesis fifteen six, and he believed the Lord, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. So. Both of these gentlemen, Abraham and the thief, had this justification not because of anything they did, mm -hmm. right? But because they believed, they right? Believed, they did yeah. they did something, they believed. So in scripture, God justifies by grace for Christ's sake through faith. Did you know that the word justification 
only occurs twice in scripture. Hmm. In, the, in, in Paul's letter to the believers in Rome, Paul uses the, the word justification in close relationship when he's talking ab uh, about the Old and New Testament concepts of, of righteousness. And the word, if you look at the root word of justification, it's like a really dynamic term of action. It's not like a boring action. It's like dynamic. Mm -hmm. So, and it like, you know, like we've said, it's describing God's act of pronouncing someone righteous or making them righteous uh, and enabling them to do righteous things, like to live righteously. Justification is, is a declaration to the free grace of God, by which he declares, you know, sinners free from the guilt and the consequences of sin. The more modern use of the word justification or to justify you know it can be misleading and it shouldn't today when we talk about being justified or justification um, we use them in a little bit of a different term mm -hmm. but the root's the same so for example we'll say uh the justified man is an innocent man or they were justified in killing him in other words you know he was right they were right to kill that person or they had the right to kill them and this starting to sound a lot like um that recent u.s trial with uh kyle rittenhouse right yeah you know yeah. was was he justified in what he did were was he justified in his actions of taking someone else's life um and we're not going to discuss it but that's a really good example right mm -hmm. the jury ruled that he was he was just he that he was justified in what he did. He did the right thing. So the term is used to excuse action or to prove that someone was right in what they did. It's like a vindication of, of, of yourself, right? Whether it be yeah. in the eyes of each other or in the eyes of the law. But when Paul preached the, the doctrine of justification in the ancient Roman times, it, it would seem that the term would have been really easily understood by both jews and greeks right and yeah. paul doesn't he doesn't stop to explain it he doesn't stop to say okay by justification i mean mm -hmm. he assumes that people would know what it is and what it means but i think like going back to the fact that it's only used twice in the new testament um, is important because the definition is a little bit different today or the reason i don't think too many people would know what justification meant so it's really good to explain it as part of the yeah. doctrine right yeah well you know since god's justice is righteous and perfect he will pronounce judgment upon every person according to what they have done in their lives so paul says that a judgment or justification will be declared in all people eternal life to those who have chosen well and eternal wrath and damnation to those who have not chosen well those who have been disobedient to god the verdict if we're going to keep going over this ideal idea of legality the verdict will be as it should be it will be exactly the right verdict right it will be a just verdict there is no partiality no favoritism god has no unfair bias he doesn't yeah. discriminate right everyone will get exactly what they desire and this is the thing people don't seem to get you will get the desire of your heart if you don't want to be with god if you don't want to follow the precepts of god you're going to get what you want, right? This is yeah. pure justice. This is pure justification. Just because that court case has been in the news so much, you know, when the jury came back and they gave their verdict, 
right? Mm-hmm. They gave yeah. their their judgment about whether this guy was right or wrong. As soon as that verdict was given, what did we see? We saw complaints in the media. We saw complaints sure. from this person or these people, and right because people felt well, it wasn't the right verdict. Sure. Uh, yeah. And so people, you know, and even today, if you if you are pronounced, if someone gives a verdict of guilty you have the ability to appeal that decision, right? You can take it to a higher court and say, I think the lower court was wrong. I shouldn't have been pronounced guilty, right? But with yeah. God, there is, there's, there's, no, there's no turning to the right or left. It's absolutely perfect. And I think that's part of the reason why we have such a, an issue with this idea of justification, because we're thinking about it in the finite uses of our heads and our brains, but God's understanding of justification is far beyond our understanding. Yeah. And I think also because of our sinful nature, we kind of rebel against this idea of sure we do. him yeah. having the perfect judgment. We always want to be able to appeal to a higher court. And with God, there's no appealing to a higher court. He is the judge, the ultimate. So Paul isn't teaching salvation or justification by works. He's not teaching that it's what we do, but he maintains the basic meaning of the term justify by the unmerited, undeserved grace of God. No one can complete the law of God perfectly. That's, you know, that's what I said earlier when we talked about Jacob Arminius. Uh, so we can't receive a judgment or justification based on our works or our effort. Justification is a reversal of God's judgment toward us as sinners because of the justification by faith in Christ. By this, the sinner is declared free from guilt and the punishment of sin or eternity in hell or separation from God forever. So that means that when we're justified, we spend eternity with God as opposed to the alternative. This is Paul's unique use of the term justification. God's not guilty verdict is for the sinner. Paul everywhere describes justification as this. Uh, it's a judicial process yeah. because the consciousness of the sinner is accused by, so, you know, our consciousness accuses us that, you know, that we're wrong, that we're sinful. And when we're convicted like that, we know that if we, if we run to, or if we seek justice through the throne of grace, we find that we are restored. We are found not guilty and we're delivered from that sentence of death. In response, we are given eternal life. And that's all on account of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. But this is really important to understand. Justification signifies or means to be pronounced righteous, to be pronounced acquitted, to be pronounced not guilty by God in his court of law. And, you know, I sometimes feel it very overwhelming when we're talking about these topics. To try to understand the mysteries of God, it's really tough to even try and explain what little I do understand in some sort of a lesson where other people are going to understand, you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because these things are so huge. These are topics that are important. These are topics that we should all look into and and really try to understand. But it's the mysteries of God are just, ah, it's unbelievable, right? (laughs) Mind-blowing. If God's righteousness is the saving act of God in Christ for man's salvation, then justification is clearly related to the Lord's atonement or his sacrifice on the cross. So Christ's atonement was the grounds for justification. Christ's person 
and his activity so that his death and his resurrection that was the reconciliation of us to god and the basis for everyone's justification right, right? so without that act there is no justification yeah. and justification doesn't mean that god overlooks our sin it's not that god is pretending that we never were sinners that's not justification there's this sentimental sort of worldview that thinks of god as being a gracious sort of old grandfather type guy who winks at the sin of his children but he denies the integrity of the true god and destroys any concept of justification so that's not what god's doing god's not kind of going ah you know I'm going to forget that you did that thing, you know, wink, wink. No, it's, it's gone. It's like it never existed, right? Yeah. Justification brings us back into alignment with, with God. God's justice, his holiness, it demands payment, right? Yeah. We've sinned. There must be a payment for sin. And that sentence was paid for by Christ on the cross. He became the atonement. He took the punishment for our sins. He paid, he paid the price, really. Uh, Romans 5 verse 8 says, God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it's clear, if God didn't justify sinners, then people would be justified by their own works, by their own efforts, by their own merit. That's what we've been talking about over and over. There would be no need for justification by faith if that were the fact. And if God had not justified all people, then the individual sinner may doubt that they were included. And how terrible would that be? So the theology of justification, uh, it breaks, you can break it down into two parts. There's objective justification, which is sometimes called universal justification. And then there's subjective justification, also known as personal justification. So in objective justification, individuals, even though they're not born yet, um, are included under Christ's sacrifice. So at God's universal declaration of justification, right? Kind of like the universal declaration of human rights covers Mm -hmm. everybody, right? So God's universal declaration of justification covers everybody. Paul says, explains this. He says, you know, he chose us in Christ before the foundations of the world. So before any of this existed, God chose us that we should be holy and blameless before him that's universal justification subjective or personal justification is just simply the narrowing of that when a sinner hears the gospel or the good news of jesus christ and the holy spirit works inside that person's heart and mind you know pricks the conscience and makes them respond or opens their heart to that message then christ's atonement or Christ's payment for the sin becomes that person's. And then they personally possess God's forgiveness and it belongs to, and they belong to the family of God. Subjective or personal justification is that individual's response to the gospel message and saying, yes, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe he did it so that I could have eternal life with God. And that's what Jesus was explaining to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, this is the new birth experience that makes someone sure. a new person or a new creature in Christ. So it should be kept that universal or objective justification and subjective justification are they are the same thing, but they're just two different areas of the same idea of how God responds and how God acts. 
Um, you know, through the centuries, missionaries have declared that this universal and personal justification should give the church incentive to preach the gospel to all people. Mm-hmm. All of God's love and Christ's great atonement on the cross mean nothing to anyone if they don't hear the gospel. So in that case, the gospel is just as meaningless as if Christ had not risen from the dead. And, you know, this whole series we've been doing on redemption or the doctrine of redemption you know, there is just one idea that occurs throughout. And I know you like R.C. Sproul, so I'm going to throw an R.C. Sproul quote in here. Sure. You know. okay. R.C. says, we must see that while we are justified by faith apart from works, we are justified by faith unto works. Read the, read the book of James towards the end of the New Testament. He gets really into this. Yeah. So there's a three-part truth regarding justification by works okay we as sinners by ourselves we cannot do enough good things to gain that that justification to gain that not guilty verdict right we can't pronounce judgment on ourselves because we're not perfect right we're always going to be found guilty and so a just god can't pronounce us justified or righteous or saved just because of what we do, because by our sinful nature, we, we, we can't do it. So quickly, simply that the, the act of redemption is completely and utterly and totally an act of God, but within our lives. So okay. be it faith, repentance, or justification, we owe a lot of our understanding uh, regarding this doctrine to the Reformed Church and the historical church uh, and to Paul in providing the foundational teaching of justification within the scriptures. So just to look at this whole sort of series, talking about um, the doctrine of redemption, as a gospel message, maybe there's like an analog, analogical lens that we could view this through. So I've kind of not gone so far as to write a parable but i've sort of created this little way of thinking about this heaven is likened to an immense walled kingdom right it's a place that we want to go but a place that we can't get into at this point the kingdom is famous throughout all the land that surrounds it and over time there have been those who have gone out and shared the wonders of this kingdom and then one day there comes someone who claims to be the divine ruler of the kingdom And he says that in order to enter the kingdom, there's certain things that have to occur. So people listen to this. And in response, there are some false kingdoms that are built to draw people away because there's aspects of what this divine ruler has said, which makes them upset. And they feel that these rules for entering this kingdom, they're just offensive. You know, why would we want to do this if it's so offensive? At the same time, some come to the edges of the wall kingdom and they try to convince people that who were who are there that you know what maybe there's some alternate entrances to the kingdom you know we've already made it to the outside but the gates close maybe we can go around the edge maybe there's another door around the other side we'll go in through that door so they guide them away they guide them into entrapment and all the while they stay within the sight of this great kingdom but you know they can't get in either we need to remember that the path to the gate of this kingdom is narrow it's dangerous and it's lined on all sides by those who would deceive people journeying along it you know the path itself is never deviated from course it leads straight to the kingdom 
Revelation chapter 22, verses 14 through 17, details what happens when the gate to the great kingdom is open. It says, those who have been made clean are let in, but those who choose to remain in their sin are left outside the kingdom. The dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral persons and the murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves the practices of lying. Revelation 22:17 then says, the spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes to take the water of life without cost. It's not so much that we come to this kingdom and God wants to keep us out. God wants us in the kingdom. And he said to us, here's what needs to be done to enter the kingdom. We talk about justification. Nobody can come into this kingdom because you're not justified. You're not at the place where you can enter this. And Jesus came and he said, I'm going to take this opportunity to pay the price so that anyone who accepts my payment, who anyone who accepts this gift that I'm giving them can be allowed in. But you know, in where it says these people are outside the gate, they chose to be outside of the gate, right? Yeah. They loved doing the things that excluded them from entering the kingdom. It reminds us we have to listen to God and we have mm-hmm. to respond to God. But in the end, it's God that justifies us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's him that brings us back to what he made us for, back to our perfect design. Um, it's him that draws us into fellowship or draws us back to him. You know, So God makes our repentance true um, and he makes our faith grow in us. And on our way, we might stray, you know, off the path, kind of like Christian and Pilgrim's Progress, you know, uh, we might stray off the path into false kingdoms, and we might stand outside the walls of the true kingdom, you know, many years looking for an alternative entrance, and we may decide to lead others into rebellion against the kingdom, you know, like, these are all the choices that we, we make, but God mm-hmm. gives you that free will to make that decision. You know, the reality of this teaching it staggers the human mind. And men have fought against this doctrine that God declares guilty men innocent, that he pronounces unrighteous sinners as not guilty as charged. People want the justice to be according to what they think is right or wrong. And they forget about the fact that we're measured against God. You know, he's perfect. And anything that we want to judge against, anything that we want to use as a measuring stick other than God is going to be incorrect it won't be right we hear people protesting when they hear the teaching that god declares man to be what they are not and and god does that in the strictest justice right they say you know in secular courts every effort is made to pronounce guilty men guilty and innocent men innocent and every man must be responsible for his own sin and how can god do otherwise you know again they're they're not judging god honestly we're judging god by our standards Exactly. Yeah. They label this idea of justification by faith as a shocking doctrine, an unjust doctrine, um, something that's unworthy of God, something unethical, immoral. They say, oh, it's just a license to sin. Justification by faith is not reasonable. It is theological. And this is what it means to be justified by faith. It takes faith, which is the gift of God, to receive God's forgiveness in this matter. Modern humankind, just like ancient humankind, is not dissimilar in their needs for truth. The power and the certainty of eternal life as offered by God is through justification by faith. 
in summing up this whole series on the doctrine of uh, doctrine of redemption, justification mm-hmm. is really kind of like the central point to all of the teachings. You know, yeah, the yeah. teachings of God, the teachings of uh, of the person and the work of Christ, sin, anthropology, uh, the Word, the Bible, sacrament, the law, the gospel. They all revolve around this idea or this doctrine of justification. And so, you know, in its broadest sense, justification by faith is a theological is theological shorthand for the various terms and concepts of Scripture or that we find in Scripture to describe the entire action of God for man's redemption, for man's salvation. It's God's yeah. God's whole purpose, his whole focus has been the salvation, the redemption of, of humankind through the justification, through faith in his, his son, Jesus Christ. It's huge. I think, you know what, um, just thinking about this episode and how long it's actually taken us just to do this, I think maybe at some point in time, we'll end up doing maybe like a, a series on justification itself and try and maybe break it down into other sure. bite-sized portions. But did the question get answered? You said, you know, the question of all this. So was it answered? Well, I think it was. I think we came to uh, at least an understanding, a little bit of a definition of what we're talking about. It's a big question. There's definitely going to be some disagreement. Um, we talked about the different camps, the Calvinism and Arminianism. you got the Catholic camp, different camps. But it's such a big and important doctrine. We need to know where we stand. We need to know what we believe, why we believe it, mm-hmm. and uh, why others believe what they believe. Another heavy topic. Yeah. Well, we should pray. After the prayer, we'll talk about what's happening next month. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this time that we could spend uh, chatting about this idea, uh, this doctrine of justification, and how that it's, you know, it's got nothing to do with what we do. It's all about you. You're the one who is the judge, and you are the justifier. And just ask that as people, you know, hear these words, that they will open their hearts in faith to Jesus Christ and find that justification by faith opens up an eternity in heaven with you. So we ask you bless this word as it goes out in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Next month, we are going to do another overview. We're going to look back at this year. Um, I'm going to start trying to find some clips and bloopers. I know there's a few out there, maybe even talk about what we're going to do next year. Please keep an eye on the Facebook page as well as the YouTube page because we are putting out microcasts, which are kind of like little mini episodes. Wendell's got a couple out there. Um, I think there's a couple more coming from my end. So those are just like short little devotions, sermonettes, thoughts. So check those out. The webpage is still under construction. It's there, but we're having a few problems with technology of it all. So I'm not that young anymore. No. Neither of us, yeah, neither of us are IT experts, you know. Oh, and I'm too cheap to pay someone to do it for us. <laughs> so anyway, oh, look forward to uh, to seeing everybody next time. God bless everybody. Yeah, God bless. Talk to you in a month. All right. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. Next month, Telio's talk will take a look at the last year, along with bloopers and stories from behind the scenes. We will be giving a snapshot of next year's schedule. Don't forget to visit our Facebook, Patreon, and YouTube sites. We're always happy to visit and answer questions. 
Our Facebook page has discussions, articles, and links to the topics we discuss monthly. Please keep us in your prayers as we prepare our podcast every month. We look forward to sharing with you again.